Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. Beauties, sometimes I joke that I learn more about caring for my body and women's health from becoming a podcaster than I ever did from visiting the doctor's office. But in truth, I'm only half joking. We have an incredible need here in the U.S. for better health and sexual health care for women, particularly for women in midlife. If you've struggled to find a doctor who gets it, who makes you feel seen and supported, who is an expert in menopause and the challenges and changes that happen to women's sexual health, you are going to be thrilled to meet today's guest, Dr. Somi Javed. Dr. Javed wears a lot of hats. She is a board-certified OBGYN, leading women's sexual health thought leader, menopause advocate, and the founder and chief medical officer of HerMD. HerMD is exactly what it sounds like, a provider of healthcare by and for women and gender-expansive people that focuses on sexual health, menopause, gynecology, medical aesthetics, and so much more. Today, we're going to explore how tech advances in medicine are transforming women's sexual health care. Buckle up, beauties. We are getting into it all. Welcome, Dr. Javade. So happy to be here. I'm really excited because I've had the pleasure of hearing you speak at some of the menopause events that took place in New York in October around World Menopause Month. I know that we both believe in a woman's right to wellness. I would love to start by having you share what made you decide to launch HerMD. I got a phone call that uh, nobody wants to get. And it was my father who said one sentence. He was like, Somi, you need to come home. And I had just been home because uh, my 45-year-old mother had been in and out of the hospital, struggling with left arm pain, shortness of breath, chest pain. And her doctors kept dismissing it as anxiety or stress, or maybe you need a break from your children or a break from caffeine. Uh, Those of us who are non-doctors can Google that now and be like, oh my gosh, it was her heart. And it was her heart. She ended up um, getting rushed into emergent quadruple bypass surgery. And luckily she's alive to this day. But that was my truly aha moment Uh, that women needed an advocate and they needed data. I mean, she was a thin, non-smoking woman who was very active and science and data at the time could not explain why she would ever present with four vessel disease. And so I, you know, was uh, pre-med at Northwestern at the time, went on to medical school and, and residency and then witnessed our very broken healthcare system firsthand. I was trying to see 50 patients a day And not only was I not providing good medicine, I felt like an utter failure. I was nowhere near the promise that I had made to my mother or to myself to be an advocate for women. And so when the timing was right, I opened uh, the first HerMD in Cincinnati, Ohio, which was uh, a place for sexual health care gynecology and menopause for women. And I wrote three words on a piece of paper, empower, educate, advocate. And that was the mission of the company. So that is such an incredible mission. And um, I know you're very busy giving incredible health care to women now across this country. But um, when you when you have a moment, you need to make sure that those three words are part of um, edu- you know, medical education in this country. Because I have learned from recording this show that 
that th those three words aren't always front and center in the, in the care that we're giving to women, um, in the care that women are receiving. Uh, I've been surprised also to learn about the sort of the lack of access to uh, to great healthcare and uh, medical providers who get it. And I know that the HerMD model really addresses that. You shared an interesting story when I heard you speak about the number of patients that flooded into your first uh, location. And I would love it if you could share that with our listeners. Yeah, so uh, of course you meet those people that are dreamers and believers in your mission even more than you are at times. And my sister who happens to be my co-founder, you know, is helping me with marketing. And we noticed that uh, that women were coming from 35 states and three countries uh, to Ohio and Kentucky, our first two locations. This is before we raised any money. And, you know, we are not known for travel tourism other than the Cleveland Clinic in, in Ohio. And so that was the impetus to really scale. And as we've gone into these tier two markets or care deserts, uh, you know, we're in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, and now New Jersey, we have wait lists of 500 to over a thousand women who want sexual health care, menopause, and gynecology in a insurance-based system that is both brick and mortar and virtual. And that is the real difference. And you're right, the lack of access to care there's not enough providers who are trained in menopause and sexual health care. In fact, less than 20% of OBGYNs. And because of these barriers, lack of education, lack of time with our providers, lack of funding, lack of data, there's up to a 10-year delay in diagnosis for women. We wait longer for pain medications in ERs than our male counterparts. And we're more likely to die of cardiovascular disease. Like my mother at the hands of our providers, unless they're female. So this gender disparity, this delay in care, this delay in access is so real and so palpable, even in 2023, it breaks my heart. There are 50 million women uh, in the United States who are menopausal and 70 million that are struggling with sexual dysfunction. It's crazy. The and numbers are yeah, yeah, the numbers crazy. are absolutely astonishing and, and really enraging. And I and I and I, I feel so grateful to healthcare providers like you that are looking to sort of shift this um, equation and, and sort of just step into the breach of these healthcare deserts, which is shocking that it exists in such a wealthy country like the US. Um, I know that you have brick and mortar locations. You also offer virtual services. Can you share for our listeners, if, if they're listening from one of these care deserts, how does virtual um, treatment work at HerMD? So obviously we haven't figured out yet how to do pap smears virtually, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm sure one day we will figure that one out as well. What's really nice is we are able to uh, help with sexual health consults, menopause consults, uh, weight management, uh, that's a huge issue in perimenopause and menopause. I know you've had a lot of experts talk about that. And so there are so many things, abnormal uterine bleeding, endometriosis, that we can help facilitate, do the consult, and then we can send orders. So if they live in Colorado and they want imaging, you know, in that area, um, you know, we can send those orders. We're not treating in Colorado now. We were during COVID because it was very easy. Uh, the government and restrictions had made it very accessible. But for our patients who live really far away from a HerMD, they're able to come in once to the brick and mortar, and then we are able to treat them for an additional 364 days. 
through our telehealth option. And there are so many things that we can address. And people ask, well, what are women's sexual health issues? You know, because for men, we know it's usually a physical problem, erectile dysfunction, but women can have problems with libido, arousal, orgasm, pain, satisfaction, lubrication. I mean, there are so many facets. We call them the domains of sexuality. And we offer longer appointment times. That's what makes us really, really different. There are no five minute appointment times. There are 20 to 60 minute appointment times that we offer so we can really get into what is going on with your healthcare. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the fact that you're able to offer those longer times to people because it, it is hard to sort of break down and unpack uh, very intimate healthcare challenges like sexual wellness, like describing pain, pain and sex. Um, I know that your website says the healthy sex life is a barometer for your overall health and wellness. I definitely want to explore that. We're heading into a break, but we're going to come back and pick this up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, would you use it to head to yoga, take a nap, read a book, hang with a friend, maybe start a podcast? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. I know I do. I have three kids, two jobs, one puppy, and to be honest, a zillion things on my want-to-get-to list. Here's what I've learned. The best way to squeeze something special into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your busy schedule. Getting started is so easy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash a certain age today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash a certain age. Dr. Gervais, we're back from our break. When we went into it, we talked about how a healthy sex life is a great barometer for your overall health and wellness. So you outlined some of the issues that women come to you with, painful sex, you know, sort of lack of lubrication. Let's start with sort of a biggie, which I know that it's come up on numerous shows. I hear this message in the DMs from, from, from uh, listeners. Painful sex is something uh, that a lot of women grapple with. In peri and postmenopause, there's a number of causes, lack of lubrication, muscle tone, and more. You have a number of ways of addressing this, but I want to ask you particularly about Empower RF technology. I've seen it on your website. What is this and how does it work? Okay, so uh, that's a lot to unpack. Uh, yes. <laughs> we could talk about yeah. this all day. By, by the way, painful sex yeah. is something we could talk about all day long, I know. <laughs> all, all day, because you you know, painful sex is three basic areas, right? It's either on the outside or the vulva, in the canal, the vagina, or deep in the pelvis, um, which can be caused by fibroids or endometriosis. So uh, Empower RF can uh, deal with vulvar or external pain. Uh, people will call it insertional pain or vaginal pain. And so it is a combination of radio frequency uh, or energy, right? And microneedling. And what you're doing, a lot of women have heard this for the face, but it causes a controlled injury. So the body goes, oh my gosh, I need to repair this. And so women are numb um, and you perform this uh, radio frequency microneedling. And what we saw was uh, market improvement in sexual pain and incontinence. And 
we saw such great results that we were asked to present our research at the Menopause Society um, because we saw 90 to 95% um, success rates with genital urinary syndrome of menopause um, and incontinence. And so this is really, really forward thinking um, data and optionality. Think about it for women who either don't want to take hormones, who aren't candidates for hormones, and the lubrication, it's great. Like lubricants are amazing. Moisturizers are great, but they don't change the anatomy. And so if you look at a biopsy pre and post of a vagina after you've done the microneedling, it's amazing. You actually see new vessels, increased collagen, increased thickness of the tissue. Because what's happening, a healthy vagina looks like an accordion and has these deep folds so it can stretch and accommodate your partner. As we go into menopause or we take medications that lower hormones, whatever it may be, that tissue thins. And so instead of becoming like an accordion, we're like a tube sock. And so it doesn't stretch and it can rip. And that's what can cause a lot of the burning and pain. And so when you apply this technology, you uh, restore the anatomy uh, back to, I hate the word normal, but normal uh, function. And so then women can have um, sex pain-free. And so it's truly groundbreaking. Obviously more studies need to be done. It's not covered by insurance um, and it's probably because of lack of data. And so that is why we love doing these groundbreaking studies uh, at HerMD. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely so fascinating to to take this technology that that I, I agree. Many women associate with your face. You get microneedling to stimulate collagen in the face. Obviously, we would love to have this accordion versus the tube sock. These are very yes. these are wonderful, <laughs> wonderful visual images. So if we're if we are looking for accordions, you know, how often does one use Empower RF? Is it something that you need to do annually? Is it something that you do monthly? What what kind of um, commitment does this take for a patient? So it really depends on why someone's doing it. Are they just having, you know, pain? Are they also having the incontinence piece and the laxity in the pelvic floor? And you asked me about that, you know, the muscles that surround the vaginal opening, but also the urethra, surround the urethra and surround the rectum and really help us um, not urinate or defecate when we don't want to have those powerful orgasms. And so there is also a handpiece called V-Tone, which is, I know everyone's seen M-Sculpt that, you know, sculpts your abdomen, but you uh, place the V-Tone in the vagina and this causes thousands of Kegels um, in one sitting and can really help with the pelvic floor health as well. And so usually it's anywhere from three to six treatments um, on a weekly to bi-weekly cadence. And then usually people will need maintenance um, every six to 12 months, just depending on the severity, you know, how thin or friable is the tissue? How bad is the incontinence? Is it the right type of incontinence? You know, usually the one with cough, laugh, sneeze um, is the type that we can treat, uh, not where there's, you know, true nerve damage. And so, very, very exciting um, technology and can avoid surgery and for some women can avoid hormones, particularly if they are not candidates. It's, it's so great to know. And also that laugh, um, sneeze, pee issue is, you know, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I used to joke, like, you know, the only thing I run for is a bus, you know, like, you know, and I, I am joking because I, I am on tennis courts and paddle courts and I'm running. But, you know, these do become issues. I've had three kids, I, you know. 
definitely have had some pelvic floor issues and had done some pelvic floor therapy with a pelvic floor therapist, which I can highly recommend to to people who have not um, considered that as an option. Is that something that you offer in her MD or is it more of these, um, you know, sort of technology interventions? Oh, no. So we take uh, what is widely accepted with sexual health experts and nerds is the biopsychosocial approach. So yes, we offer FDA approved medications. Yes, we offer hormones. Yes, we perform procedures, but absolutely we refer right now to pelvic floor uh, physical therapists and also sexual health counselors. So it is that dynamic biopsychosocial approach, which actually gives us our unbelievable outcomes and really gets people to the sexual health life that they want. I mean, think about it for a second. Why do I say sexual health care is healthcare? When you are ill, or sick, the last thing you want to do is have sex. And that is normal. So that's why we say it's a barometer of your overall health. It is not another vital sign for me and women and patients who are having sex, they have lower resting heart rate. They have lower blood pressure. They tend to be happier. They're more confident. So your sex life doesn't just affect what's going on in the bedroom or wherever you're choosing to have sex. It affects almost every aspect of your life. And so that is why it is so imperative to talk about sexual health care as part of the whole health picture. Yeah, the whole health, integrative health is where it's at. There's there's so many different components to it, too. And, you know, I've actually had friends uh, sort of joke to me that, you know, if their if their partner went away, they would never have sex again. And you know, I, I think that caring for your sexual like organs and tissues, I've learned this from this show, goes way beyond sex. You know, you need to keep your vaginal uh, your vagina healthy because you can have. Um, you know, your all your lower organs healthy because you can have infections take root. You know, UTIs, all sorts of things that happen if you're not caring for your tissues. So it's not it's not even sexual wellness seems to be beyond even just sex. You know, it's just it's 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 health and and, and care for all your all your tissues. Um, so right, so you're not peeing on yourself while you're playing pickleball. Or exactly, exactly. Yes. It's a quality of life issue, right? So this is, you know, sexual wellness is not just about sex. It's about quality of life, I guess, as you you said it much better than I I did. But it's important to, to take care of these things. So I wanted to ask you about something that I saw on your website that I uh, I love that you said microneedling is you know beyond just your face. We can use it to improve the health of your of your vaginal walls. Um, I know that you also offer vaginal Botox at HerMD. Everyone is listening to the show has heard of a Botox, but this uh, notion of vaginal Botox may be new to our listeners. This is not used for treating vaginal wrinkles. Can you share what this treatment does and why it's used? Yeah, so uh, we are not promoting vaginal cosmesis or telling you you're going to walk out with a prettier vagina or telling you that your vagina needs to look prettier. It is truly to treat something called vaginismus, uh, which is a very distressing condition for women. It's an involuntary contraction of the muscles surrounding the vaginal opening, which can render intercourse, tampon use, uh, use of sexual uh, tools and toys, impossible. And so it's very distressing. I have had uh, couples who've been married for eight years, not be able to have penetrative intercourse. I've had women that uh, cannot use tampons and they're swimmers. And so it's very distressing and almost disabling. And there are very few doctors that are trained in injecting the muscles around the vaginal opening, right? So Botox paralyzes muscles. That's why you don't get wrinkles in your face. And so um, with our multi-step algorithm, our approach, 
women after this one treatment um, are able to have intercourse. And that's the other data we presented. We had a 95% success rate um, with the Botox and an 88% return to uh, sexual function um, with the Botox injections. And that's where I started to see people traveling from all over the country and the world to come see her MD providers because we are trained in this. Um, and so it is so gratifying when you have couples who then write to you or send you flowers and say, thank you. We are now um, having sex because that was the goal for them. Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine that condition makes it even hard to have internal exams with a speculum, you know, things that that, that are so important. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, those women will usually have to go to sleep or they'll just avoid preventative care altogether. Right. It's and so it, yes, it is a very, very uh, disabling condition. And you can imagine the mental health component to it as well, because a lot of these patients will stop dating and become completely isolated. And this doesn't just affect you in your 40s and 50s, it can affect you at a much earlier age. And so um, everyone around them is dating and they're not. And so it really, really affects their mental well-being as, as well. Yeah, that's it. It sounds so um, so challenging, and it's so important to bring sunshine to these topics because I never heard of this condition until I spent time on your website. Thank you for for sharing it. And um, you know, the more we talk about these things, the more we let people know that these these situations exist. That help is out there. I, I think of when I had my first urologist on this podcast, uh, my DMs blew up with people reaching out to me to share what they have been going through um, and the struggles that they've had. That that um, urologist uh, noted that most women show up in her office after they've been suffering for 10 years. And I think that um, that is that's such a, a you know, painful statistic to hear. Um, we, you know, we need to be recognizing that if we're suffering, that help is out there. So you are doing such great work. You also address another uh, condition that I learned about on your website as well, and that I've actually um, bumped up uh, against in different podcasts, the sexual wellness podcasts that I follow. I'm probably going to mangle this um, condition. I hope you'll help me with it. It's a dermatological condition called, is it lichen sclerosis? You nailed it. Yay. Yes. Okay. Sometimes when you see things printed and you say them, it just doesn't work. So I'm glad that I'm glad I I'm glad I nailed it. But I know that this causes itches, you know, itching, uh, burning, painful sex. While I think it uh, affects, you know, under 20% of women, but that's still a pretty sizable uh, population of people suffering. I learned from your website that this is more common in postmenopausal women, which mm -hmm. is our like a large chunk of our audience. Can you share what this condition is and how uh, lasers that you use in your office can help address it? Yeah, so lichen sclerosis, we do see a peak in um, perimenopausal, menopausal women. We think it's the drop in estrogen, right? Because we know estrogen supports healthy tissue. And you nailed it. It causes itching, irritation. But the biggest thing that it causes is pain and very uh, thin skin and actually changes the anatomy. Women will come to me and say they no longer recognize themselves anymore and sometimes sex becomes impossible because as the body notes that just like a cut or a tear, the body will repair itself, right? And so things will start to stick together. And so women will get scarring um, and be able to, unable to horseback ride. Or uh, I had a cyclist who was unable to sit on her cycle anymore. I had, you know, people that were unable to have intercourse. And so 
what we have found is a CO2 laser um, can actually help these women that have been resistant to traditional therapies, you know, and traditional therapies have been estrogen and immune modulators and steroids, but sometimes patients fail those treatments. And after that, there's nothing else. And so how horrible is that? Like, sorry, you can't ride anymore. Like that is your favorite thing to do, whether it's a horse or a bike or sorry, you can't have intercourse anymore. And so um, we produce data uh, with a CO2 laser showing significant improvement in these patients. Like my equestrian was back on her horse, my cyclist was back on her bike, our patients were all back to having intercourse. And there was significant improvement in their pain, their symptoms, and what the tissue looked like, because that was part of the thing that was so distressing to these patients. And now we're working with uh, radiofrequency and microneedling uh, for these patients. Haven't published anything yet, uh, but stay tuned because we're always doing, you know, very forward uh, thinking things at HerMD. But I just remember for these patients, like so many happy tears at the end of their treatment because they were like, thank you. Thank you for giving us another option. And thank you for not giving up on us. Cause you mentioned, you know, the delay in how many years I can't tell you how many times, uh, at her MD we hear, Oh my God, you're our, our eighth or ninth, uh, you know, provider that we've been to. And so, um, I love offering exciting innovation, innovative treatments for, for patients. Yeah. That that's, um, the, um, that eighth or ninth doctor, you know, I hear that on virtually every doctor that, that comes on this show and it's not just with sexual wellness and you know, um, urological issues. I had a, a doctor on who is a, a specialist in female-related hair loss, and she too shared that like most of her patients have seen six to eight people before they walk in her door. So you know, I, I think it's just so important for listeners to uh, be reminded that whatever it is that you're suffering from, there are truly doctors out there that can help you. And if you're not being served by your current providers, you know, it's time to get an action to find somebody new because whatever it is you're suffering from, there is somebody who can help. So a question for you about the lasers and, and the, the sort of delicate skin. You mentioned microneedling. You know, if a patient is undergoing this, you know, th this is on very, very delicate skin. So how does that work? Are they, um, you know, are, is there, are they under like anesthesia? Is it a topical uh, anesthesia? How, how does it work before you have these procedures? So there are three different modalities of anesthesia at HerMD. So typically it's topical is what we prefer. And then we also offer Pronox, which is like laughing gas um, <laughs> in addition to, um, which has been a game changer. We've been piloting, it, piloting that at a few of our locations. And then every HerMD center also has a uh, JCO accredited surgical center. We typically will not take patients back for these lasers, haven't had to in the last nine years. Um, but we do that for uh, surgical interventions, like we do ablations and remove fibroids and remove polyps. Um, and so we're able to do that at all of our HerMD centers, which is really nice because patients are able to have surgery at our centers at well, as well. And so the last thing you want to do is traumatize someone who already has very delicate skin um, or who has tried this treatment somewhere else where they don't offer those pain relief modalities. And so, no, our patients are either numb and or have laughing gas. 
Um, and for some patients who are truly unable to tolerate, if that comes up, uh, we can put them to sleep with conscious sedation. Gotcha. Okay, terrific. So in terms of um, prevention, you know, what we, we've just covered a variety of uh, modalities that you use to help people with conditions that they have. But for things like um, prevention, if we want to make sure we're not getting lichen sclerosis, is this simply a matter of um, uh, of HRT and making sure that we're using estrogen? Are there other preventative measures? Where, where do you land on keeping all of our um, you know, tissues healthy so we don't have to walk in your door? I, I think you do have to walk in my door so it doesn't happen or someone else's door. So preventative medicine, right? Early, we, we moved from early detection, for, first from treatment to early detection to now prevention. And so if no one is looking at your anatomy, you're never going to know that something is abnormal because so few of us are even taught our own anatomy and what it should look like or how many patients say to me, I never look down there. And I always joke, like, what do you mean you don't look down there? Um, we don't understand uh, exactly what all of the risk factors are for lichen sclerosis. We definitely know when it peaks um, or when we see it. But I would say make sure you're seeing your GP. Make sure you're seeing your gynecologist. Make sure you're looking at your anatomy from head to toe. It's how you're going to find abnormal moles. It's how you're going to know that your uh, anatomy is different. Um, I tell women, nobody knows your body better than you do. So if you feel like something is off, either with symptoms or you physically feel something, you're going to find it before I do because I may only examine you once a year. And so self-exams and also keeping up with your uh, preventative health care. And I completely agree with you. With the provider who wants to partner in your care, people always ask me, well, how am I going to get my provider to listen? If your provider's not listening, please spend your time trying to find a provider who does listen and who wants to be a partner in your care. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I will share that. You know, I joked at the top of the show that, you know, I've learned more from this podcast about my health than I, you know, have with my doctor. But I have a very wonderful uh, gynecologist and, and um, she's actually a good friend. And she's such a good friend that when I was looking for a new gynecologist, when I felt unheard and I kept saying, who should I see? Everyone on the North Shore of Long Island said, you need to see uh Anita Sadati. And I'm like, I do. We play tennis. <laughs> She's one of my best friends. And, you know, I finally just said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a grown up. I can, you know, I can see Anita and Anita can see me. And it, it's wonderful. So to, to be in the care of a doctor that really uh, gets it and gets you is, is something that's so valuable. I also love your tip about doing your own self-exams. You know, grab a mirror, figure it out, and, and, and keep an eye on yourself because you know your body best. Um, we're nearing the end of our time, but before we move into our speed round, Dr. Javed, I wanted to ask you a last question, which is not about sexual wellness, but it's another topic that I do know that women care about, and that is, um, you know, facial hair. Uh, we have this. This can be a result of PCOS. It's also one of these baffling, you know, uh, menopause symptoms that, that can crop up. Why does this happen in midlife? What are the what are the treatments that you recommend in your in in, in conduct in your office? And and what should women know about how they can tackle this this upsetting um, side effect of of you know hormone imbalance? I know people are always uh, like, why does hair grow where I don't want it to, <laughs> not where I want it to, right? 
Um, and so the first thing we do as board certified gynecologists and providers in that area is to find do a thorough history and physical exam and find out is it a poly, is it polycystic ovary syndrome is it you know perimenopause menopause like is there abnormally high levels of testosterone due to another um, endocrine issue and so once we have figured it out. Um, there are um, medications you can put people on to lower testosterone levels, although that can negatively impact sex drive. So it's a delicate balance. You know, there are topical creams that people can uh, use if they uh, want. But then the other beautiful thing is because we do have this medical spa and this integrative care at HerMD, we do offer uh, laser hair reduction um, <laughs> is what the FDA wants us to call it because you can't say removal anymore because it can come back. Oh, okay. Yeah, particularly with PCOS All right, truth and marketing. We like it. <laughs> yes, laser hair reduction um, because it can come back and it's not considered permanent no matter how good uh, your laser is. It may disappear for seven to 10 years, but you may need that, you know, redo again. And I just want women and patients to know that with eyes wide open. And then, you know, sometimes uh, it's a matter of putting you on, you know, birth control if you want to lower the testosterone levels. The thing is, is the hairs that have become those thick, coarse hairs due to too much testosterone, we cannot uh, you know, eliminate those by medications that will either take a cream or, or laser hair removal. But that's what I love about the HerMD model is that we offer that care continuum and that spectrum. And do you want medication? Do you want a procedure? Do you want a curated, you know, direct to consumer product that we know works because we've looked at the data? Um, that's what I love about our approach. And the other thing I love about our approach that I want to mention is that we're facing a huge doctor shortage soon and provider shortage at, because providers are burned out. It's estimated by 2025, we'll lose 47% of our workforce because they don't have mission-driven work because they're burned out because they're trying to see 50 patients a day. And you can imagine if you have 40 to 60 minute appointment times and this care continuum we don't do that to our providers. And so because of that, our providers don't leave, which is amazing for our patients. And we offer them this holistic head to toe, you know, treatment modality where providers are happy and patients are happy. And you also offer it with insurance, which is amazing as well. You know, that right? This is this is something that 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 not every, you know, we're moving into sort of concierge medicine where people have access to things because they can afford it. But I know that that insurance is part of your model and that makes this truly accessible to a wider range of people. Um, my last question before the speed round is, you know, you mentioned that part of the genesis for your your interest in in really addressing um, sort of the, the gender gap in healthcare was your mom's, you know, heart um, surgery when you were young. Um, do you think you could have launched her MD when you were younger or did it take getting to midlife to be able to, um, you know, to do all that it takes to do the fundraising to to, you know, envision this to even recognize what it is women truly need? I love that question because the question I got um, as a founder is what took you so long, you know, because I am usually a decade older than other founders. but. No, I don't think I could have done it earlier because if you add pre-med, medical school residency, and basically the two decades of field research I did listening to women and then experiencing myself 
what I needed as a provider for longevity and to stay and to really give good health care. I needed to build my career and to do that research and then to frankly be at a point in my career where I could fundraise, where I could um, take a salary cut. You know, as you're an entrepreneur, you're not always paying yourself. And so I could not do it when I was paying back my loans or, you know, working 100 hours a week. And so for me, it was both personally and professionally the right time. My children were older. And so you will see a lot of uh, entrepreneurs in the medical field who are older than the other entrepreneurs because um, we had to do other things before we were ready to get there. <laughs> and that is, we, we, for so many of us too, we've had to, you know, we've had to do other things to get us to exactly the right point to launch whatever it is that we want, a business, a creative project, you know, a reinvention. I, I love it. I'm always so curious to hear the answer to this question. Thank you for sharing yours. All right, we're moving into our speed round. This is just quick one to two word answers, um, maybe a fragment of thought. Let's do this. Uh, launching her MD was... Amazing. You are in, I believe, five locations. Dream locale to open next. Atlanta, Georgia. Nice. You do in-person and virtual care. Patients might be surprised to know this is a common problem that we can easily treat online. Low sex drive. Ooh, that is surprising. All right. You offer medical advice on menopause. What's a lifestyle hack that can make a difference? This can be for any symptom. Sleep. Yes. Okay. You have five locations. You're doing fundraising, which you talked about. I know you've given a TED Talk. You have three kids. You have a lot on your plate. What is a personal lifestyle choice that keeps you sane? Hiking, playing, being outside. Ugh, all good stuff. All right. Finally, your one-word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel. A sense of wonder. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. What a beautiful note to end on. Thank you, Dr. Javade. Before we say goodbye, how can our listeners find you and learn more about HerMD? HerMD.com. And uh, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. And then also personally, uh, you can check out Somi Javade MD. Uh, I have all the handles that you will provide to your listeners. Nice. Perfect. Those are all going to go in the show notes. Thank you, Dr. Javade. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. And before I say goodbye, a quick favor. I would love it if you could take five minutes to write an Apple podcast review. Did you learn something on today's show you plan to incorporate into your own life? Do you feel more connected to a tribe of amazing midlife women? If so, please take five minutes to rate or review the show over on Apple Podcasts. Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. 